Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Good morning. Hey, one more time. Can we go for our worship team? They slayed that today. Absolutely amazing. Great job. I, I'm always so impressed. You know, when you don't have a gift, it's always so amazing when you watch someone with a gift. Um, you ever watch like ice skating and be like, there's no way I could ever do that. And I'm just amazed at how incredible they are. And that's how I feel about worship. I just, there's no way I could do that. There's a reason I only preach and I don't lead worship. It would be disastrous. So we want you to come back. Uh, hey, uh, for the next two weeks, we are going to celebrate women in the Bible. And I'm excited because next week, everybody say next week, okay, you're going to hear from Katia, Charity, and Evelyn, and they're going to be preaching 10 minutes each. And you are going to love hearing from some of the women in our house, amen. But today you're stuck with me, and that's okay. Just come back next week, and it's going to be really awesome. Uh, but we are we are celebrating women in the Bible. And then, man, after that, it's really, we're just flying into the Easter season. I can't believe how fast it's going. Uh, so next week we get three ladies in our house uh, bringing it. And then after that, I'm going to preach a message, what to do when I fail. What to do when I fail. And you guys want to hear that. So the next couple weeks are going to be really, really awesome. Today, we are going to teach on one of my favorite heroes in the Bible. Uh, And this is the woman named Hannah. Some of you might know her story. Some of you might be like, who's Hannah? Hey, that's what we're going to deal with today. I've related to Hannah for many, many years. She's one of my favorite biblical characters. So I'm excited to bring about her story today. But before we do that, would you guys join me? And let's pray really quick before we jump into God's word. Uh, this morning. Heavenly Father, we love you. Uh, God, thank you for a beautiful moment in worship. Uh, You really are deserving of all glory. You are always good regardless of what we go through. And so, Father, thank you today for opening up our heads and our hearts. God, we don't want to leave church the same way we came in. We want to be transformed by your word. We cannot do it in ourselves. We need the word and the power of the Holy Spirit to change us. In Jesus' name, if you believe that with me, say amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's go to 1 Samuel, Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 1 this morning, and we are going to jump in. If you don't know me, my name is Matt. Thank you for being here. We have a gift for you afterwards, and uh, it's going to be a great day. I've got a wife and four kids, and so I live on coffee. Amen. And Jesus, and it's, he's faithful. First uh, Samuel uh, chapter 1, I'd like to start reading. Uh, the Bible opens up and it says, there was a certain man um, and his name is Elkanah. I'm going to just abbreviate the first verse because it's full of very challenging words. When you're up here preaching, you can tackle all these names if you want to, but I'm just going to embarrass myself. Uh, so his name is Elkanah. We're going to skip the rest and we're going to go to verse verse 2. Uh, he had two wives. Uh-oh, somebody say, uh-oh, it's, it's drama, man. Remember the show Jerry Springer? Anybody remember Jerry Springer back in the day? Oh, man, I feel like they would have made it. They would have made an episode. And, uh, boy, that was, that was a crazy show. Uh, one was called Hannah and, and the other uh, Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had none. So it introduces her right away. Had, had no children. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord at Shiloh, where Hophni and Finehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to his wife Peninnah and to her sons and her daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord closed her womb. Verse 6, because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. 
This went on year after year. Haters gonna hate, right? Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her revival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband, Elkanah, would say, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you down hard? Don't I mean more to you than, than ten sons? The answer to that is no, bro, okay? So, no, I'm kidding. Verse 9, once when he had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting in his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow, saying, God, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forgive your servant, but give her a son, I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart. Her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk. All right, spring break, South Florida, right? Here we are. Like You wouldn't believe. How, how many beer bottles did we pick up today? I mean, yeah, can we just give Ryan a huge uh, clap today? Because you would not believe... How, how trashed it was out there. This is Ryan Michelle's first time serving guest experience today. And I, he probably picked up more like 20 beer bottles out there. You, you would have stepped over a lot of glass today had it not been for Ryan and his hard work. He's, he was amazing today. Uh, they even pulled down. You know, you know how it's like the, when you go into a parking garage and, and it's like no more clearance and they give you that rubber thing? Some spring breakers tore that down. It was like sitting out front. And so it was we cleaned up a lot today. You, see, these are the behind-the-scenes things about church. You have no ideas going on, right? Like, it was, it was crazy. So thank you, Ryan. Great job. Great job today. And so he, he thinks she's drunk, and this is how uh, she, she responds. I, I love this. And she says, where, where am I at here? Uh, verse, verse 15. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I'm, I'm a woman who's deeply troubled, and I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, verse 17, go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you've asked of him. And she said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord. They went back to their home at Ramah. Uh, Elkanah and Hannah Netflixed and chilled. Come on, somebody. And the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel because I asked the Lord for him. I asked the Lord for him. Why is Hannah such a hero to me? Her, her story's got so much, so much in it, so much pain in it. Um, first of all, Hannah is a hero to me because Hannah had a problem. If you're taking notes, write, write this down. Hannah had a problem. Isn't it amazing how many biblical uh, stories start with a problem, right? I like what one pastor said. He goes, you're either getting out of a problem, you're in a problem, or you're about ready to get into a problem. Problems are a reality of life. No one is problem-free. Everybody's got something, right? If you look around today, I mean, everybody's got that silent struggle. They're facing something they don't want to face. They have a problem. Hannah had a problem. In our case, she couldn't have children. The Bible says the Lord had closed her, her womb, right? She wanted something and couldn't get to it. Isn't that a miserable place to be? You want something, but man, it's for whatever reason, it's just not there. I, I remember reading Hannah's story when I became an early uh, newborn believer. So I, I gave my heart to Christ at 17, and, and within a year, I'd read the whole Bible. I just jumped in. I don't recommend doing that, but I just plowed through the whole Bible. And I remember coming across Hannah's story, and it really stood out to me because I had a problem when I was younger. I was depressed. I was discouraged. I had very low self-esteem. 
And uh, it was so bad that before I got saved, I was literally struggling with suicidal thoughts. So, so people that are really depressed and discouraged, I relate to them because I know what that was like. I had a problem, and I, was, I just had a terrible self-esteem. And to be quite frank, I would listen to everything the enemy wanted to give me in that area of my life, you know? There, there's a reason the Bible says don't give the devil a foothold. You know, imagine your life is like an apartment complex like society right over here. The more rooms you rent to the devil, the more miserable you'll become, right? He's a terrible tenant. He yells. He screams. He doesn't pay rent. He trashes the apartment. You know, what do you have to do with him? You have to kick him out, right? And then a foothold is like a wedge that lets you climb over a wall. And what, what the Bible is saying is when you put up a boundary with the devil, don't give him an opportunity to violate your boundary. You have to kick him out and, and keep him out. In fact, in July, we're going to do a series on spiritual warfare. So if you're on vacation in June, come back in July, okay, because it's going to be so good. Uh, you know, because I, we, in Christianity, we have fun. It's cute. But, but there are some real pieces to this thing. And, and I do think spiritual warfare does need to be talked about because, you know, I think we, we kind of lose sight of that sometimes. Uh, and so I just listened to everything the enemy wanted to give me, all this low self-esteem, all this discouragement, all this depression. And I'm not saying all depression is spiritual warfare. Don't take what I'm saying and blow it up. Sometimes you do need all the natural things, and I'm not against that at all. Sometimes you need counseling. Sometimes you need a friend. But for me, man, I'm just receiving everything the enemy wanted to give me. I'm super depressed, and I'm down. I had a problem. I, I, I like to say it like this. Everyone has a ravine. Everybody runs into a ravine in their life, and for whatever reason, they cannot seem to cross this problem. Maybe you want better relationships, but you don't know how to find good people. Maybe you really want that promotion or that career, or maybe you want to advance in some area in your life, and for whatever reason, there is a ravine between who you are and who you want to be, what you currently see, and, and where, you, where you'd like to go. I love Charity's illustration about uh, the tides this morning, and that you want to have a different view. So in your heart, you're like, I want a better view. Why can't I get this, right? And Hannah's got this one thing in her life. She's like, why can't I, I get this? Why is this ravine uh, so big in my life? And so part of our story, guys, is problems. Problems, they're a reality. Everyone has them. If God boiled your life down to a chapter in the Bible, it would start with your problem, right? It would start with your problem. Uh, this morning, the ACs are not functioning at 100%. I can promise you we turned it all the way down. It's a problem, okay? So we're going to have a South Florida outside tent meeting here today. So, Jesus, I'm not going to keep us too long, I promise. We'll, we'll get out of here. Uh, but problems, it's, it's a part of reality. So Hannah has a problem. Hannah has a hater. Hannah has a hater. Have you ever had a hater, right? Maybe middle school, high school, maybe now, right? Just like we'll call her the other lady from here on out, okay? I, I mean, just she has got a hater in her life. There, there's few things worse in life than when your hater has something you want. And your hater knows they have something that you want. And, man, she is just giving it to her. She's rubbing it in her face. She won't leave her alone about it. Even celebrations, festivals, parties that are supposed to be fun, she's just throwing it on Hannah. And now Hannah's crying in the, in the times of the year where she's supposed to have fun. So, you know, imagine Christmas time or Easter or Fourth of July, and, and you're celebrating. And they're just, man, they're just after you, your, your hater is at it. And, and she's probably jealous. It seems like Elkanah seems to favor her. And so she's jealous. And whoo, man, when you got the combo of jealousy, it's just, it's bad. I, I think competition is great when it comes to business and sports, but it can get toxic in relationships real fast. Amen. You ever, so it, it, it got bad and now she's 
dealing with her jealousy. She's got something she wants, and, man, she's just a, a hater. The Bible says this goes on year after year, and the bullying gets so bad that it breaks Hannah down uh, to, to tears. I had some haters in my life. So not only do I have low self-esteem now at this time, and I'm discouraged, I'm depressed, I had a few people that just would not stop bullying me. When I was in high school, I, I didn't know how to set boundaries. I didn't know how to have a good self-esteem. I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't know how to do all the things that you kind of learn as an adult, you know. And, uh, man, it was a few years of a struggle. So coming into Christ, it was hard, hard, hard. And I instantly found myself relating to this lady named Hannah. How do you get through this? Um, I, well, a side note, guys, I think it's important as us Christians, and please don't tell me out right now. I think this is so good. Um, when, when God blesses us, okay, I want to be grateful for my blessings. I want to be sensitive to realize sometimes my blessings are someone else's burden. Imagine if the other lady chose not to be jealous and she chose to have some sympathy on how Hannah might feel. Sometimes, Christians, our posts are cringeworthy with God's blessings. I think, I think we forget somebody might be struggling through something that I feel wonderful about, right? And, and my, I'm grateful. My wife and I have a wonderful marriage. Uh, not everybody does. I, I typically don't post four pages of a Valentine's love note to my wife on Instagram because I'm like, I'll tell you to your face. And if you do that, don't, don't get mad. You're going to leave the church over that now. You're like, I can't believe, you know, pastors at my business. No, no, no. It's just like everybody's different. But I've realized over the years as God blesses me and as I grow in God's blessings, and of course, you know, there's God's power, his blessing, his wisdom. These things work. But I've realized Everybody's on a different journey, and sometimes I have something that someone else is really craving in their life, and, and, and I want to be sensitive, and sometimes somebody else has what I want, and I like the people that are humble and kind, not the ones that are cringeworthy. Amen? And so as much as we can as a church, let's remember, we're here to lift people up, not push them down lower. Amen? And so we, we want to be, be sensitive to that. So she, she has this hater in her life. Here's what I've found to be very true in life. If you submit to the process of God in your life, God will even take the difficult people in your life to help you become the person he's called you to be. In fact, the Bible specifically says the reason the other lady is there is to irritate Hannah. It's to get her to the place where she's desperate and dependent on Jesus. Could it be that God's allowing you some haters in your life so you'll come to him and find a deeper walk with him? Nobody likes to hear that, right? But, but that could it be that God is using even the difficult people in our life to bring us to a place where, where he needs us to be. I brought an illustration here for us this morning. This one stuck with me over the years. And, and this is a rock and some sand, uh, sandpaper. Now, Orlando, you probably work with sandpaper all the time, don't you? He's always, he, if you need somebody to come and fix your house, call this guy, okay? He's amazing. You don't, you don't want me to work on your house, but Orlando's amazing. And, uh, and so, like, imagine, imagine a difficult person being sandpaper, Right? And, and they're rough, they're coarse, they're just miserable to interact with. In fact, if you've ever rubbed your skin accidentally on some sandpaper, you're trying to sand down a wall, it didn't feel good. It's, it's a rough, miserable experience, right? Um, and, and imagine you as this stone, right? The Bible says if you build your life on God's word that you're a rock, right? You become this rock. You're building this on a firm foundation that Jesus is our rock, and I'm submitting to the process that God has in my life. And so if, I, if I'll stay there, I can, I can stay steady. But when you interact with sandpaper and, and you rub it good, over time, you know, it's a miserable experience for the rock, but over time, something is happening. 
what's happening here is that as the sandpaper is rubbing against the rock, the rock becomes polished and the sandpaper becomes useless. Ooh, come on, guys. That, this is a good place to clap and say amen because you need some of this in your life this morning. As you interact with the difficult people in your life and you're like, God, deliver me from this sandpaper. Why are you letting this difficult, miserable person in my life? I don't like them. Why did you put their cubicle right next to me, Jesus? I thought you loved me. Why? Come on. Like, why are they calling me? Or t- Why are they so difficult? Could it be that in the process of interacting with this person, you become polished, right? Even though it's hard and it's challenging, God is getting you to a place where he needs you to be. I've learned that the Bible says that he'll even take all those challenging, difficult, bad things, that all things work to good for those who fear and love him. If I embrace the process, he'll even take the difficult people and he will polish me. And so the other lady is in her life and it's polishing her, gets her to the place of desperation, okay, which brings me to my, my, next, my next thing. is God works on her, she turns her pain into prayer. Why is Hannah such a hero for me? She turns her pain into prayer. In fact, if you don't take your pain and turn it into prayer, it will often turn into poison. You need to take every disappointment and turn it into an appointment with God. If you don't take your disappointments and turn them into appointments, you'll grow discouraged. I've met a lot of bitter believers, and I've met a lot of better believers. The difference is I took my pain, and I turned it into prayer. I took my disappointments, and I turned it into an appointment. If you don't process your pain in the presence of God, bitterness will grow. People are like, oh, time heals Owens. No, it doesn't. Time also makes bitter. You want to be healed. Healing plus time brings some wholeness. Amen? And so she, she takes her pain, and she, she turns it into prayer. And, and I love about this, too. She never played the other lady's game. She never played her game. She, she didn't fire back at her. She didn't hate her. She took it. She cried. It's like you really feel bad for her because you're like, man, she just kind of received it. It's obviously very painful. But she took that pain, and she turned it into prayer. She didn't play her game. There, there's an old country saying, and it says, don't wrestle with pigs. You get dirty, and they enjoy it. I don't want to play the game of jealousy and envy and competition with somebody else. Hey, if I'm running a business, heck yeah, let's go for it. If I'm running a race, you know, I'll go for it. But just to put all my jealousy on a person, that's unhealthy. Look, look at what Job 5.2 says. Surely resentment destroys the full. Jealousy kills the simple. I don't want to be simple. I want to be wise. I don't, I don't want to play a game I, I'm already going to lose at. I want to take my pain and I want to turn it into prayer. Why? Because my blessing isn't dependent on the person, it's depending on God. She realized it's not the other lady that's got control of my situation, it's God. See, she's a hero because she went, she took her pain and turned into prayer. And she realized it's not about you, it's about God and me. I want to work it. And then I love this too. Um, you know, the prophet comes along, right? Or the priest comes along and he says, yo, you're, you're drunk, right? How many times have you been misunderstood in church? I'm not going to pedal anymore there. Okay, I'm not going to go down that road. How many times are you in pain and someone misunderstands your pain? Right? They were right about what you did. They were wrong about why you did it. Come on, this happens all the time. And I, I preached a sermon a, a few months ago. Uh, people getting close enough to you to see a mirage of you but not actually know you. This happens all the time, and it's okay. It's part of life. She responds with respect. 
I think one of the harder things to do in life, the one reason she's a hero to me, is when she's in pain and she's misunderstood, she responds in a respectful way. Not disrespectful. It's so easy to get disrespectful, isn't it, when someone misunderstands us, right? Oh, it's just miserable. She responds in a respectful way. She takes her pain and she turns it into prayer. And then God ultimately, what does he do? He, he does the miracle. He gives her what she's after. If you will turn your pain into prayer, God will do a miracle for you. And the miracle is this. He will give divine purpose to your pain. He will give purpose to your pain. I've never had God waste a pain in my life. Never. When I take my pain and I turn to prayer, he will take and do a miracle and he will give my pain purpose. Here's what Hannah doesn't know. Israel is about ready to go through the biggest transition it's ever gone through, right? Or one of the biggest transitions. It's leaving the period of judges and going into the period of kings. God uses her son, he's the last judge, to transition and anoint both Saul and David and kick off the period of the kings. Hannah wants a son, God wants a prophet. She's like, I want a kid. God's like, I need someone that hears my voice from a young age to make this transition happen. I need someone that knows my voice and I can trust to make the transition from judges to kings. She wants a kid. God wants a prophet. God brings her to a place where she's like, God, if you just give me a kid, I'll give him to you. And God says, I've got my vessel. That's the womb that I'm going to use. Could it be that your dream isn't just about you, but it's about others? Could it be that your misery isn't just about you, but it might be about others? This is why you don't want to get discouraged in delay. Delay is not denial. Not now is not no, it's just not now. Might it be that God is frustrating you and he's working on something behind the scenes that you never even thought was possible? I doubt that Hannah had prophet and transition and judges and kings on her mind at all. But God's doing something bigger behind her back. Might it be that your dream isn't just about you, but it's about people you haven't even seen, met, known, heard of yet. You've heard me say this before. We're building a church. We're showing up for people that haven't even shown up for yet. Come on, we do this right. Generations will know Jesus. We'll be chilling in heaven on a hammock, and people will find faith because of what we've built. Come on, somebody, just give God a shout and for that. Like You're like, why am I set up and tearing down, Pastor? Because generations need Jesus. We're building something by faith. We're showing up for people who haven't shown up for yet. Come on, Ryan's cleaning up beer bottles for a reason. Like something's happening. Like we're, we're building something. Could it be that God is doing something behind your back you've never even thought of? You're like, God, why is this so hard? I, I want to go to college. I just don't know how. I want to start this business. I just don't know how. I want to love my spouse, but I just don't know how. You're getting nice and frustrated. He's working on something behind your back. Amen. Y'all with me this morning? You're just, you're paying attention and taking notes, right? Tell me, tell me you're, you're tracking this morning. She gets to the place, right, in verse 27. She says, God's granted me what I asked for him. So verse 20, now I take him to the Lord for his whole life. He's going to be given to the Lord. Look what God does in her heart the next chapter. It says that Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. And the Lord, my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies. Come on, somebody, the other lady. I love how she threw that in there. <laughs> For I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. She goes from pain to preacher. Come on, like she's got a testimony, right? She, she did her mess. Now she's got her message, right? We, we want to talk, right? You, you, you want to talk from your scars, not your wounds. Embrace that process. Let God heal you. And then she's 
she's preaching. She's generous with her dream. She realized the dream isn't just about me. It's about others. And so she's generous with her dream. And 1 Samuel 2, 21, I love this. God chooses to be generous back. The Bible says that she gave birth to three more sons and two daughters while Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Why is Hannah such a hero to me? Because she goes from problem to pain to prayer to promise. She embraced her process. I think one of the hardest things to do as a believer is embrace the process that God has you on because you have to submit to it. You have to choose to let go of control. God, you're working in my life. You're working in my marriage. You're working in my family. You're working behind my back. You're working on what I'm doing. Like it's all about you. If your life was a chapter in the Bible, and first of all, Hannah didn't know she was going to be in the Bible. I mean, all these Bible characters, they didn't know they were in the Bible. They're just average people just like you and I just living life. If, 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 if your life is a chapter and God writes it down, can I, can I be honest with you? It's about your process with him. Because my life isn't even about me. It's about him and what he wants to do in and through me. And she's generous with her dream. She's generous with her life. And God uses her and, and, and blesses her in a way. So you might be sitting here today like, yo, Pastor Matt, I don't know how to get better relationships. I don't know how to fall in love. I don't know how to fix my marriage. I don't, I don't know how to fix my family. I don't know how to run this business. Well, well, can I start and say, if you choose to say my life is more than me, and I'll trust Jesus, and I'll turn my pain into prayer, you are on the right track. Because I don't know how or when or what he'll say, but how many of you believe that God can work behind your back in ways that you never even saw coming? In fact, I got my first job three weeks before I got married. I was like, we're going to get married, and I have no job, and someone was talking good about me behind my back. How many of you want people to talk good about you behind your back? Like, like, and I just believe even in this church, I'm like, God, you're doing something we can't even see yet. Could it be that he's doing something in your life you haven't even seen or known yet? He's working and trust them with the process. Problem to pain, to prayer, to promise. It's all throughout the Bible. As you open your Bible, it is full of men and women who experienced the process of God, and they submitted to it, and they went from pain to promise to prayer. It's this process that they've got. Let me pray for you as we close today. I hope you enjoy today. Heavenly Father, I love everybody on the sound of my voice. And God, they're here, which means, hey, they're in process. They've got pains. They have problems. God, may we turn it into prayer, and Lord, may we all experience the promises that you've given each one of us. God, may we embrace our divine process. Heavenly Father, I thank you for them. I thank you for leveling mountains and, and making bridges and making connections that they could never make. May your favor rest upon them, and Father, may you heal their wounds. In Jesus' name, if you believe that with me, say amen and amen. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing week.